Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. I'm your host, Ken Seymour, with your co-host, Richard Geiger. Yay! We come to you today with a special third individual for our movie review of Aquaman. This is Cass Botts. Hi! Cass Botts is a a well-studied... Uh, a reviewer of movies and popcorn and squirrels. I don't know. We, we like her, so we brought her in to talk with us and give a, a slightly different point of view from what you might be used to listening to two old guys talk about a movie. Yes. Two guys going blah, 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 blah. That's right. So, as always, we are going to begin with our spoiler-free basic review of whether you should see this film in the theaters or whether you should possibly wait till it hits a streaming service or whether you should ignore it altogether and possibly use it as a doorstop in case somebody gives you a copy as a gift. Um, so, I've done that before. <laughs> I think we all have. Mm-hmm. I did more with CDs than movies. CDs. Uh, actually, Spin Doctors was a doorstop for quite some time. <laughs> all right. So let's start since we have our guest uh, uh commentator in here that just saw the movie. Would you see this film normally in the theaters or would you wait for it? Well, I think unlike you two, I saw it in 3D. Neither of you saw it in 3D, correct? No, we saw it in Okay. In my opinion, that really didn't add anything at all. Um, I studied like 3D filmmaking in college and you kind of have to film something in 3D and not have it be an afterthought for it to really be um, worth spending the extra dollars to go see it that way. So um, in that case, I definitely wouldn't recommend spending extra money to see it in 3D, but also I really didn't um, love this movie a whole lot in general. <laughs> um, if you're going to see it, I guess see it in the theaters because it's so fantastical and it's like visually appealing um, story-wise, I think it's garbage, but go see it in theaters if you do see it, in my opinion. All right. All right. What about you, Richard? What did you think? Now or later? Or never? Uh, this is a later thing for sure. The the 10 bucks, 12 bucks that most people are going to spend for this, I just don't think is worth going to the theater for, personally. Um, you mentioned lots of colors. There are lots of colors. Pretty, blue, and greens everywhere. It's a nice-looking film. So was um, Black Panther. You know, I just think this one's a little bit different. I I would say it's worth watching, but maybe pick it up on, um, like, Redbox or something like that. Now, for me, I think it kind of depends where you're coming at the movie from. Um, If you are a comic book kind of a geek... um, that is enjoying the cornucopia of, of comic book movies that has been coming out in Aquaman's Your Guy. Yeah, sure. See it in the theaters. Um, but pretty much for any other reason, it might be somewhat disappointing if you if you go in with any sort of expectations. Now, admittedly, it's a DC film, so going in with expectations for a lot of people is not going to be an issue. Um, I will say this. I think it has been better than a lot of what DC has had to offer. So if you're uh, wanting to give them a chance, and uh, like Cass said, because of the nature of how it is presented, it will always play better in a theater environment, then yes, see it. Otherwise, kind of ignore it. I wouldn't even see it on streaming because it's kind of, I don't want to call it a footnote, but it's not going to be one of those uh, Gone with the Wind style films that you're going to be talking about for years to come. 
All right. Yeah. So now that you know the basics, we will go into our normal explanation of how we're going to break this thing down. So we're going to go into a variety of categories, talking about the minutiae, all sorts of things that you will be very interested in, and probably some that you may not be. But we are going to break down by cast, by director and editing, by costuming and props, location, cinematography, plot and writing, and then a little bonus section in case we want to sprinkle some special points. Everything will add together to be a total of something out of 100, just like any uh, calculus test that I might have uh, failed in high school. Uh, it uh, should be a pretty good indicator of generally where we all stand and will kind of fit into our existing hierarchy of, uh, of other movies we have reviewed. And you can see exactly what we think compared to other stuff. Don't forget the bonus points at the end. That's right. Bonus points are important. Uh, best tattoos. Extra point. I don't know. Well, all right. So, all or, or if your grade comes out to be like a 68 and you want it to be a 70, then you can get bonus points for nonsense to get it to the appropriate score. <laughs> this is a highly specific example. Mm-hmm. Has this happened before? They don't. I might have done it once or twice. So. Yeah, well, you know, this is a very scientific, but as we always say, not really sort of a scale. So let's start with where we always start, except not. I want to actually start with the director instead of the cast. We usually start with the cast. Curveball. Uh, just because I think it'll be pretty easy and quick to get it out of the way. We are talking about this a little bit before we started. So director, James Wan. So, all right. So are you guys kind of familiar with his other work have you watched some of his other stuff no no because like so he he does so horror movies i guess you could call them pretty much and then also fast and the furious which the seventh I, one anyway the seventh one yes and i have not seen a single one of those movies uh yeah uh people in cars uh trying to look macho not particularly my cup of tea but um, what uh, what about you, Cass? Are you kind of a horror movie buff at all? Um, if I have seen his films, I'm not consciously like aware of which ones they are. So I think he did The Conjuring, or was it The Conjuring 2? He did both of them. It was both. Okay, I think I've seen The Conjuring. Um, well, if you haven't, you could have seen Insidious 1 or 2. He did uh, both of those as well. Okay. Uh, and Saw. The original oh. one. The original Saw. Definitely Saw. Uh, Furious 7. Now, some well, other... Was he a writer or did he, did he direct? Those, that was a directorial. Now, it's, he's actually got more producing credits than he's got directing credits. He's got a ton of producing credits. Uh, so it's not like he's not been around a variety of different uh, environments, a variety of different things to put together. Now, some of the kind of interesting things that will be coming out that he is attached to, they are doing a remake of Arachnophobia. That he's going to be directing. Ooh. Nice. Um, and apparently they're doing a Mortal Kombat. I don't know how much that really needs to, to have another movie or a remake or restart. Um, it's not a game that is, has the same draw on the American uh, public that it used to, but eh, who knows? There's a new one of those coming out here soon. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. And nobody knows about it. Yeah. Uh, so, um, and then, of course, he's also associated with the newest version of the MacGyver television show. That's a thing? That is a thing. Ooh. Yeah. It, I, I loved the original, so I made sure to know that there was a remake, but I've never watched yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. It's on, what, CBS? Something uh, like that? Sure. I, I don't, I've been cordless for some time now. So, so looking at it on paper, um, not super excited. 
to see him attached to this product, but, you know, maybe they're trying to think outside the box is what in my mind is like, well, we've gone with the, the Snyder and, and it didn't go the way we wanted. Let's try this guy instead. Uh, you know, he's got some, he's got some different ideas. Uh, so we'll put the guy that's in charge of gore and horror on a bright and fluffy new Aquaman. Well, so the ones that he's directed, so the original Saw was obviously big at the time. Oh, yeah, it was huge. Um, I actually have a Saw 2 poster at home with the fingers chopped off from it. <laughs> anyway, but the Conjuring movies were pretty good, too. Yeah. And didn't Fast and Furious 7, that oh, made a, like a, great. a lot of money. So I think that's got something to do with it. Well, These yeah. films made lots of money. He's got success. Yeah. So, Okay. Let's start with cast. So from from your mind, if you're behind the camera, what are some of the choices that you saw James Wan make that you thought maybe worked, maybe didn't work so much? I think the main note that I had had that was more of a directorial note was that there were these larger-than-life camera movements, and I'm not super knowledgeable about the technicalities of how this would work with the CGI and kind of the... Maybe like um, the mimicking of a camera movement when it's actually created artificially in post or digitally. But there was a lot of, okay, we've got this big craning shot that I can't even imagine how they achieve this. But it's creating, um, you know, this sense of um, immersiveness in a world. There was a lot of world building that I thought was really um, crucial to the origin story kind of nature of this movie. Mm. So how they presented Atlantis and also basically their other lands, the other um, areas that they went to, I thought that was pretty neat. You know, mm. like the the bridge the used to be the real bridge and like, why do you still have a bridge? You know, like that whole sequence, like those things were pretty cool. And the views of the different cities or the views that they tried to present of all the little crab creatures, but like a really broad perspective of that. I mean, that's more cinematography, I think, but you have to present that. You have to get a sense of how big these actual areas are. And you have to get through that initially by directing. So, well, I think for me, for, uh, for the, for the directors, and I could be completely wrong about this, but in my mind, the director's whole thing is we've got the story and I've got to impress upon the actors what it means to be in that story and then put it into such, um, in such a, uh, in such a product or not such a product, but such a, uh, a box that people will see it in that it makes sense that it makes that step to, to live action. You're taking, in this instance, a comic book character that has history that goes back just a ridiculous amount of time, uh, and he's got a, a lot of different takes that have been done. He's been, he's been restarted more times than I can count. Um, so you know, sometimes he's kind of the guy that you ignore. Sometimes he's got a hook for a hand. Sometimes uh, he is ruthless. Sometimes he is a monarch. So... so Truthfully, James Wan has this, just this plethora of material to choose from, and I'm sure with some direction from DC, has kind of an open reign to do whatever he wants to make this character the way it needs to be. Because, yeah, Momoa's been 
in Batman versus Superman, and he's been in Justice League. But truthfully, there's not been a whole lot of character development in either of those two films because there was not a lot of anything in either of those two films. So he could have done kind of whatever he wanted to do. Well, uh, you know, in Entourage, it was a, like a joke. It, it wasn't a joke, but it was a joke that he was going to be the main character in a, a movie, the Aquaman movie. And then subsequent seasons of Entourage, it was a big deal about the main character not signing on to do the sequel to Aquaman. So, like, the one of the big sequences in Entourage was about Aquaman, and it was kind of like it was a joke, right? Yeah. So to have to develop this character who's actually been a big part of almost a running gag yeah. in a major TV show, I think, is a big undertaking. Well, it's not just that TV show. If you ever watch Robot Chicken, he's a joke. If you ever see him mentioned in pretty much any other animated uh in environment that is not a DC product, he is kind of the joke. He is the one to ignore because the majority of people that are at least uh, of a certain age uh, were not really exposed to him as as a comic book source, but like uh, the Justice League cartoon that was on, and he was kind of atrocious on that cartoon. Originally, now I'm not for those of you that are younger. I'm not talking about the more current one that happened in the 2000s. This is the old one. You mean when he's riding on the flying fish? <laughs> yeah. Well, if it's lucky, it might be a fish. Sometimes it's a, a giant uh, seahorse. That's true. Yeah. Some like dolphins. Wasn't he like skiing on dolphins? He also? did ski on dolphins. Okay. It, it, it's just like a one jumping the shark after another. Pardon the uh, bad joke. But that, that's what it is. So he had this 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 open palette to do this with, and I don't. It doesn't feel like he. It doesn't feel like he figured out what tone he wanted to do. And from what I read, it was based on like the two thousand, like a two thousand and eleven, yeah, comic series or event. Yeah. So like that version of the character. So fairly recent. Yeah, but it's not and, and you can see little bits and pieces, and I'm not gonna go into the minutiae because I'm I'm afraid that we will bore the people that are not comic book fans with that. But uh, there are other pieces that are borrowed from earlier versions of Aquaman. Um, but sometimes it seems like they're trying to be tonally humorous. Sometimes it seems like they're trying to be cheesy. Sometimes it seems like they're trying to be serious. I mean Tell me that you did not think during the battle sequence that was underwater, it's like, oh, it's uh, the return of the king, but underwater is kind of what they're going for. Mm -hmm. It couldn't have been, it felt like it couldn't have been more obvious to me. So it's like, okay, how are you going to go from cheesy to that? It It just doesn't mesh. It doesn't feel like he had control of how the piece was playing out. Yeah, I thought the tonal shift was really jarring, and this can go into um, you know other parts that we talk about later. But the dialogue in particular was just so Shakespearean at times, and then suddenly there would be one of these pithy one-liners that's like you know pretty crude and and felt uh, like abrupt and again jarring. Um, so I definitely didn't get a sense of what exactly they were going for there because it would be just so. Quickly after there was this long, um, you know, very dramatic theatrical monologue um, that there would be a, a, a crude little quip by Aquaman. Yeah. So when you watch the trailer for this movie and it was him doing, writing the little ship into the city and he was like doing his like high pitched woohoo 
and jumping out of the plane. Woo! <laughs> I'm just like, they, they did that in Justice League yes. when he's jumping on a uh, parademon or whatever. Like, to, I don't know what type of attitude you're trying to give this character because to me that comes off as incredibly just cringy. You oh, know, so bad. Crazy for sure. And then you have like that stern kind of feel to it, or you have the uh, it's same thing from the trailer when he hops in the very first opening sequence when he rips open the the submarine and he jumps in and it's the over the shoulder like slow turn like permission to come aboard. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> like come on, man! Like it, it's. There are some parts that you're right. They're just so absolutely cheesy that they're all, that they're cringy. Just like, uh, come on, man! Like, I don't know what you're trying to do here, but most I think that the problem the problem is a lot of audience people will be like, oh, that's funny, and it's just no, not. You know, I, I think you're right because uh, I felt everybody in the theater look at me on at least five separate occasions when I laughed at a part that was not supposed to be funny. And I couldn't help it. It was just, <laughs> good Lord, that is bad. Uh, mm, yes. Okay. So, all right. So he doesn't seem to have control of the tone, doesn't seem to know quite what he's wanting to come out of this. Now, we can't always place all that. The director, some of it's got to be on the writing. Part of it could be in the editing. Part of it could be pressure from the studio. He does have a writing credit on this one, though. Yeah, he does. <laughs> So I'm 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 going to lay most of the blame on him. But what do you think, Richard? Out of twenty, what would you give this director on this film? Just this film. Just this film. Just this film. Because I've already lambasted him on the nun. But he was just a producer on that one. Yeah, but I still lambasted him. So I think it could have been better, but I think what you're seeing in this one compared to the uh, Batman, Superman, and Justice League is they're trying to take this in a more fun, let's call it, uh, direction than what the previous versions were or, or like the, the Superman version, right? So like yep. just, hey, we know the first ones had their issues. We need something to take it in a different direction. And the next film after this is I feel like going to be ha- having – it's going to have the same tone. Right, I think it might even be more more campy. More campy. So DC is going to they have to do something to get it in a different direction. This is the director they chose to do that. Uh, so I I have to give him props in a certain sense because he's taking an entire an entire DC realm and trying to basically Kick reboot it to it. a different room. Right <laughs> now, normally I'd give him like a like a 12, right? Because it just, it's, there, there are issues, but I'll, I'll, I'll give him props because he's got a lot of weight on his shoulders to do something different in a property. That's hard to do something different with. So I'll go a 14. All right. 14 for Richard. What about you, Cass? What do you think? My experience is a little different because I haven't seen, um, very many of other films that are from the DC universe. Um, I don't have a lot to go off of other than that. It seemed to be self-aware in what it was doing. Um, I totally agree with what Richard was saying, which is that this is a new direction. Um, And I think for the most part, even if maybe I didn't like it, it achieved what it was going for. Um, Everyone that recommended it to me told me it was 
because it was absolutely ridiculous and this is just something that you haven't seen, um, you know, go in this direction before. So I would say that for that reason, I would give it a 15. All right. I like it. Um, I'm probably going to be a little meaner on this one um, <laughs> because I think I think he had the tools to do more. I mean, yes, he's the first one to try and take it into a new direction. I fully support that direction, but it kept felt like, it kept feeling to me like the guy that's at the helm of this kind of sort of watched Thor Ragnarok and said, "Yeah, I can probably do that," but wasn't really paying attention. That's that's the feel that I got going into into the film, um, or after watching the film, I should say. Uh, I'd probably give him more like an eleven out of twenty on this one. There. All right, so let's move on to at least what I consider to be a real strength of the film. Let's go into talk about the the cast. So um, a lot of these individuals are returning. To their roles. Uh, you were talking about your favorite was Jason, right? My favorite. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about we were talking about pronunciation of names before we started. We, I, I was putting Cass on the spot here because <laughs> I know I was just racking my brain. Like, what did we decide? What is it? It's Momoa. Momoa. <laughs> it is Momoa. Um, so, so yeah. What did you What did you think about the cast? Anybody that stood out and go, "Oh, I know that person," and I thought that was a really neat placement or whatever. So. I think, um, gosh, what is the character's name? It starts with an M. Momoa? Manta. No. <laughs> um, Mira? Mira. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the whole movie, I didn't know who that was. I was like, this person looks so familiar. Who is that? And um, it was only today that I finally was like, oh, I need to figure out who that was. It was Amber Heard, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, she was unrecognizable to me as her because of the things that I had seen her in before. Um, I thought that she looked great the entire mm. time, <laughs> at the very least. Um, but my favorite performance, hmm... I mean, it's Jason. Yeah, <laughs> he he can carry the film. I mean, it. I, I was uh, mildly uh, nervous. Yeah, I mean, it was cheesy for sure, and I just complained about the little one-liners, and I definitely don't like prefer those according to my own aesthetic sense and what I'm looking for in a performance. But there were times where I was like, okay, at the very least, he just you know you know, took off some of this tension that's been created by the super, like I said before, self-serious kind of really dramatic but not quite getting it right monologue style yeah. of acting that some of the others had to do. So, yeah, Amber Amber Heard is not one of my favorites. But in this movie, she did not stick out as annoying or... Right. She didn't detract from the movie, right? No. So she, uh, you know, I thought she did fine, actually. Uh, I, have, I have issues with a couple of the people in the movie, although I was really excited to see Dolph Lundgren in the movie. So, I, I, well, he's got two that he's in in the theaters right now. I mean, he's, this is his year, apparently. Yeah. But so, well, I mean, let, let's talk about Amber for a second. So she has an interesting pedigree. Of, of movies that she has been in. You said you've seen some other stuff that she was in. What? Not that that you remember immediately. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna take that and move on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so she's been in stuff like uh, Magic Mike, 
XXL, you know, because the first one was not good enough. There needed to be a sequel. Um, Machete Kills, she was in briefly. Mm-hmm. She was in that uh, Playboy Club TV series, which lasted, what, less than a season? Uh, she was in Pineapple Express. Now, she got a lot of good uh, buzz off of that one. She did really good in that particular movie. Uh, she was an alpha dog. Uh, she was in uh, Never Back Down. Have you guys seen that one? No. Uh, well, Familiar with it. But you've watched Kickboxer, right? Mm-hmm. Well, imagine if the Kickboxer, instead of being the guy that he was in the original movie, was a punk from a high school, and it's like a fight club style environment instead it's a completely forgettable movie which i still actually really like i don't have a good reason why i like that film i i keep looking at it's like oh this movie is terrible but i really enjoy it i don't, I don't know why everybody has one of those or the, uh, one or two of those yes but i remember her actually instead uh from zombieland oh that's what it is zombieland pineapple she's, express yeah. she's in it very briefly she's the neighbor that turns into the zombie at the yeah. very beginning of the film Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I think choosing her as Mira is is good. It's almost yeah. like having, it's going to sound terrible, it's almost like having a clean slate. Right. I mean, she she's done some stuff, but nothing that imprints her with a very specific, oh, that she is that character. No, no, like you said, you, you didn't even realize who she was until the end. That's exactly. That's perfect. That is exactly what you need for, for Mira. But... Um, uh, you, did you watch anything that Jason Momoa was in previously? Um, well, Game of Thrones. That's right. You gotta so, have Game of Thrones in there. So that, but he's had his net like some Netflix shows or one or two. I want to say he that has, are he has pretty another, good. He has another comic book appearance. Hmm. Hmm. I probably know it, but I don't know it. He was uh, in Conan, the most recent Conan. That's right. Oh yeah. But re. The reimagining of Conan. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I won't say that that was a particularly awesome film, but it didn't really need to be. It, it's Conan. It's, it is what it is. <laughs> now, I actually watched him from something else. I remember him from way back in the day. He was in Stargate Atlantis. Oh, okay. And he had, he was one of the main cast members. He had a, he had a, a big part in the show, and that was that was pretty cool. And he was good in that. So I was even back then. I was like, oh, I'd like to see this guy in some other stuff, and it was pretty good. Now, of course, somebody else is going to say, well, he was in Baywatch before that, but I never watched Baywatch because it's Baywatch, <laughs> <clears throat> like the original Baywatch, like the original Baywatch. I'm surprised that that's not something that's right up your alley, but okay. no, you know, it's uh, running in slow motion, sand uh, plots. Well, actually, the plot's really similar to Aquaman when I think about <laughs> it. There, there is a connection. Yeah, but. trouble in the ocean done. So, what did you think about Willem Dafoe being in here? Dope. Yeah, I mean, Willem Dafoe is always dope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I, come on, I, I if you're a comic book movie kind of a geek i mean seeing the green goblin be in another comic book movie i was kind of happy about that he's got such an interesting face that's a strange statement to make i know but it's so unique and couple it with the the voice that he's got and the kind of the delivery that he gives roles i mean it's not surprising to see him in something like boondock saints i mean that's what most people remember him from because that was you know the big the big movie but i mean he's been he's even going back to uh even going back to platoon i mean he was 
He's been in a lot of really good stuff over the years, so I was kind of excited about that. Yeah. yeah. Good mentor character. Exactly, yeah. I think one thing that I found interesting about his role um, in this movie was that I was expecting him to end up being villainous um, just because of what he's done before or his face or whatever it is. That's what I was expecting, and I was kind of waiting for it to happen. But no, he was the mentor, and he was the good guy, and that was a good way to see him here. It was it was kind of nice to see that. I, I, always, I always like seeing people give him a chance to be just a little tweaked, a little tweaked different. Um all right, well, what about Nicole Kidman? Meh. Meh. That's, a, I, that's the best I can give her. Meh. Yeah, I was cringing so hard in the intro um, sequence. Uh, yeah. Well, that I don't think that was all her. Right. You know, we've seen in, like, Ant-Man and a couple others the CGI to de-age people and have them, you know, appear, you know, like... Younger versions of themselves, DH, obviously. But I don't think they did a real good job. No, I don't think so with either of them. No. I mean, it looked like bad Botox on Kidman. Well, they had like, there's like this glow to the shots, right? Like it just has this weird, weird look to it. It's hard to to explain, but it doesn't, the, the film at the beginning doesn't look like the rest of the film because of this shine to it. I don't know. It's, it's like this weird background haziness. I yeah. don't know. Well, and you can't really... I, I, I know we can't lay that at Nicole Kidman's feet. Um, but, I mean, it just... She didn't seem... Like she... Connected. Right. Yeah, didn't buy into it. No. It just it, it felt, it felt a little empty. Maybe it's partly because she's basically only in the very beginning and very end of the film. It could be could be that. But I, I just didn't... I didn't buy that. And I won't even go into her track record. If you don't know who Nicole Kidman is by now, then um, I don't know what to tell you. Go look on IMDb. (laughs) Uh, Well, you know, I I was actually just watching uh, Just Go With It, mm -hmm. right? Was that uh, with the Adam Sandler movie, right? Is that the one where they're married and then there's a club and it's actually people in masks and off? Oh, wait, no, it's Eyes Wide Shut. Oh, my God. But it, yes, they do. They act. They're acting like they're married, and, and like. But Nicole Kidman has a small part in the middle end of the movie where she's kind of like a. We'll call her a, a modest antagonist in the movie, and her acting in that is just off-putting. I guess you could say. So I, I, I get the same impression from this movie. Like it's just not. It's just not in her element, I guess you could say. Yeah, that might be what it is because she can just be phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, she's right. got some stuff that she's been terrific in. And and I read that she wanted to be in this movie. Like she had a good relationship with James Wan and previous things. And I don't remember the whole story, but she wanted to be in this movie. So it's not like they like, well, we'll just throw a ton of money at you and you can do this. She's like, okay, that that's not it. Like she actually wanted to be in the movie. It's just I have a feeling maybe that this. Again, it's a comic book thing. If you haven't, if you don't really know the character, even if you read up on it a little bit, you may not get that connection. Or maybe you do read up on it, it's like, oh, that's not the character I thought it was going to be, or they're not giving me the liberty to play it the way that I need to be able to play it to actually do what I need to do. So it could be her. It could be constrictions within the way things are set up. But whatever it was, it just didn't work. Um, so one that I missed. And I, I should have just, it bothered me for the entire movie, was King Orm's like, I know who this guy is. Same. 
And it's just, I did, did you recognize him immediately? Oh, yeah. Yeah. The uh, uh, Owlman. Yeah, Owlman. It's Patrick Wilson. Patrick he was Wilson. in Watchmen. Yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's obviously been in some other stuff, too. I mean, he was in The Nun. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, that's yes, true. Yeah, he was. Um, uh, he was also in both Conjuring films uh, and the A-Team remake that they did. Okay. So yeah. he's he's had he's had some films here and there, and I... W- Watchmen was kind of a very divisive film. People, a lot of people, just love or hate kind of a thing. And um, I was, I was kind of curious, um, kind of curious if uh, once I finally thought about it, it's like was that going to influence the way I retroactively think about the film? But I really don't think it did because his his presence, I think, is arguably even from people that didn't like Watchmen, one of the really good parts of the movie. Yeah. Uh, he did real, he did real well in that, and I, I thought he did okay in this. I mean, it wasn't. Again, I think it's strictures of the writing. Did Did you feel that he had? So he's supposed to be the main villain, right? Did he seem ominous at any point? Um. I didn't, yeah, and I, I have a note about, like, the, the villains in this movie, but I didn't buy him as particularly villainous or um, scary, but the the thing with my association with the film is that I don't know Aquaman, the story, so I don't know the characters, I don't know how they traditionally are, and I don't know if the actors were doing a great job at portraying these characters. Um, so that's kind of a disconnect that I have that you all might be better able to speak to. Well, <laughs> I only know Orm as Ocean Master. Yes. Right? Okay. And I loved at the end the his the mask. mask. Yeah, that I was, was like, dead on that, right that, That's spot on. So, like, that part was cool. He's always been, like, he is, he's usually, I don't think, as a one-off, bad guy no. he's usually in like a cabal with bad guys right like if i'm not mistaken more like, often than not so he is just as powerful as aquaman like he's he's got virtually the same i think strength and all the the stuff i just don't know if he can talk to animals like yeah. sea creatures <laughs> yeah. like what aquaman can but uh, i thought he was i thought he was fine but i get your point like where he's just like he's the main antagonist of the movie, but he's not necessarily an antagonist. Right. He's just ruthless. I'll go, I'll, I'll, I'll go with that. <laughs> Underhanded, maybe, but... I, I'm, not, I'm not certain. I think they were trying to, again, going back to my analogy, that it feels like James Wan watched Thor Ragnarok and wasn't really paying attention. I, I feel like they're trying to paint him into the same kind of a picture that they do with Loki yeah. and the relationship between those two characters. Like, oh, that works really well. We can do something like that. Yeah, that, that, that didn't work. Um, because throughout the entire movie, whether it's the CGI, um, his facial expression, kind of deadpan through the whole thing. Um if you're going to have somebody you want to be able to uh, empathize with at some point, you need more than one smirk at the end of the film when he's being hauled off to a cell. Right. Um, on top of that, he's. it depends on which version of Aquaman you're talking about, whether he's really a, a villain or whether he's just a foil 
because of a different mindset. Because that's that's a key element to the to the Aquaman character is that he is always split. He feels the pull of his his home and his duty to his home, but he also feels a larger duty to the the entire planet. Uh, and so it 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 kind of depends on it depends on Aquaman what Orm is. And so it's it's if you look at stories, he's kind of fluctuated a little bit from from here to there. I think he definitely came off as as a villain, not one again that was ominous because you don't just you know kill the king of another kingdom and take their kingdom in front of their daughter. That's that should have provoked a reaction out of me, and it didn't. Actually, that was one of the places I laughed. Yeah, I was a little confused. That that that'll be a larger thing of the plot discussion. I was like, "What? Like this whole thing about trying to?" You can't see my trident behind my back. Right. I'm sneaking up towards you. You can't possibly figure out what's going on. Oh, good <laughs> lord! Come on. And then they're in like you know a glass case, and no one can hear them. <laughs> and the fact that the fact that after that scene, he's like. I killed him. I'm your king now. Like you know what I'm saying? Like it was just kind of like that cheesy. The scene lasted two seconds. It was like I killed him. Now I'm your leader. And like that was it. Yeah, that was that was it. I was just like this doesn't. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. This how reality works. I didn't know I could do that. And I think I blinked and missed that scene, and then it took me a second to figure out like what had just happened. So yeah, you didn't miss anything. <laughs> All right, so what about Dolph Lundgren? You were really happy about him being in there. The hair? You know, he's supposed to be old. The fake beard? <laughs> I mean, that that goes back to costuming <laughs> and co- props. Technically costuming. You know, when uh, Amber Heard is on land and she's not water-drenched, she's got a really bad wig. <laughs> that goes to props. Uh, costuming and props, yes, so that'll be a discussion that we'll yeah, have yeah, we'll as that. separate segment. But um, no, I was just happy to see him have a at least a, a role, and he was talking, and it didn't seem like it was gibberish or nonsense, you know. So for the most part, are you familiar with Dolph Lundgren and his many roles? No. Okay, so most people know him primarily from the Rocky movies. He was in Rocky Four as Ivan Drago, and that's the other movie he's in right now is Creed Two. Okay, because uh, he is bringing in his son is going to fight the son of Creed. Uh, I do want to see that. I haven't seen it yet, and I'm I've been putting it off, and I need to stop putting it off because I liked the first one so much. See, the, the, where I grew up uh, watching, so I didn't pay attention to the Rocky movies. But uh, I was in the area of the, the cheesy action movies, right? So he was in Universal Soldier with Jean-Claude Van Damme. Yes, he was. So, oh, like, that's, okay. that's where I get my Dolph Lundgren from. Um, not even the Punisher that he was in. No, but I was going to bring that, that one. up, too. He was, in, he was in the very first attempt at a Punisher movie in, the, in the 80s. And it is just as good as you think it is. <laughs> uh, but, you know. So bad. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's 80s. What are you going to do? Yeah. It's... Uh, it's it's good, but it, I enjoyed seeing him in there. Um, he didn't really can't really say that he acted all that much. He was in a handful of scenes. Yeah, um, he was there just so you could say, "Oh, Dolph Lundgren." Yeah, uh, yeah. He, I mean, he did what he needed to do. Yeah, like, you know, didn't wow me, but yeah. didn't didn't have to. All right, what about? Uh, and this is where I will do my preemptive do apology it, do it. In, in case I and probably will uh, mangle the name. Uh, 
Yaya Abdul Mateen um, as Manta. What did, what did you think? Good choice? The worst actor in the entire movie. <laughs> you didn't like him? Awful. <laughs> I mean, the whole time I was just confused about what universe we were in, what these pirates were exactly, and why he was teaming up with um, Atlantans, uh, Atlanteans, and so I didn't even pay enough attention to his acting. Um, I think it was pretty uh, over the top, right? Uh, Overindulgent, yes. Overindulgent. Yeah. It, it had a range. It went all the way from deadpan to over the top. And it didn't stop in between anywhere. It yeah. was either deadpan or over the top. Right. Yeah. Which is okay. Now, his his dad was great. Yeah, we'll get to him here in a second. Yeah. But him... No, you killed my dad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so to be fair, I think I have to be fair. Um, so you're not completely familiar with Aquaman as a comic character. We know him. I know him for from decades of reading. But who is probably the least developed villain in all of comic books is probably Black Manta. Okay. Uh, with the exception of some post-New 52 uh, stuff that they did, he's never really been fleshed out all that well. And so they kind of say, okay, you're going to play a guy with a fishbowl on your head. No, not Mysterio. That's Marvel. Uh, <laughs> but it shoots lasers and uh, figure it out is what I feel like they gave him. <laughs> it's yeah. like, go get him. Well, so in Marvel, you have the Black Panther and you have Claw. Like, Claw mm-hmm. is just this... Antagonist that is always causing problems. He's got and, tons of development, but he's got tons of development. Yeah. But he's 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 not like an over. He can be an overpowered character, right? But for the most part, he's just a dude with a thing on his hand in yeah. a lot of the movies, right? And in a lot of the comics yeah, of the until comics. more recently. Yeah. And I feel like this is the same type of character. Like he is the antagonist that is like almost always there for Aquaman. Like I could be wrong, but he's no, he yeah. is he is. Aquaman's main, just always there you think, antagonist. You think Joker for Batman. You think Black Manta for Aquaman. Okay. But you're, he's just a dude with a good suit. Right? Yeah. Like, that's all the character is. But you're right. There's no history. And at least in this movie, they showed the tiniest smidge of some history. Just a little bit. Just a little hint. Okay, well, you don't know why he's there. You know, this is this was my daddy's knife. You know, like. <laughs> I actually like the the knife thing. That was that was kind of. I'm all right. I'm with that. While we're here, getting this submarine. Let's give take you the, a moment. Yes, let's take a moment. Let's just step aside. Let me get you this knife real quick. <laughs> right. More plot stuff. More plot stuff. Okay. Yeah. Now, kind of interesting note. Um, you know, we talked about. Uh, uh, Patrick Wilson being Night Owl in the Watchmen movie. Uh, uh, Mr. Mateen will be in the Watchmen television show. Oh, as? No clue. I didn't go in that far to look because eh, I ran out of time, to be <laughs> fair. And it's not on yet. Until it comes on the, the television or into the movie theater, it doesn't exist for me. And that's, that's, I think that's going to be like a DC Universe Show right, so uh-huh. unless you have the DC subscription service, you're not going to get to watch it. Uh, I hope that's not the case, but well, we will see. 
Um, okay, so you were talking about the dad. That was uh, Tamura Morrison. Uh, no. Um, no, no, that well, was Papa Curry. Sorry. Uh, the dad was, uh, sorry, Michael Michael Beach. Yes. So uh, he he was also in Stargate Atlantis. <laughs> so, I, I feel like I have seen that face before. Yeah. And he, he to me, he looked really familiar. Oh, and yeah. I, I feel like... I feel like whatever he's in, he just he's solid in whatever he does. Did you I recognize him at all? Perhaps? I did not. No. So okay, so this may happen several times because we are <laughs> we're kind of nuts on some of this stuff. He is he is in tons of stuff now. You may know him, Richard, because you love the uh, Justice League Unlimited show. Yes. He did the voice of Mister Terrific in that. Yes. So that was kind of cool. He also did voice work for Spawn. Had a recurring character on ER. Like a long-term recurring character, which was kind of kind of cool. So yeah, that was that was neat to see him. He was probably the best actor in the entire movie huh. for his short little window that he had. Yeah. Side note: I wish there was more Mister Terrific in things. He was in. <laughs> He's like, on Arrow. Arrow, yes, but and actually is quite good. The the, the writing on that I, for that character is fun. I like it. Uh, and I like the actor that they've got to portray him. Uh, it's been good. Now, I don't want anybody to spoil the current season because I watch it all at the same time because I do uh, not have cable or satellite on purpose. And I, I'm going to binge it when it finally comes on one of the main services, but it will it will come here. So what I meant to say, Tamara Morrison is uh, Arthur Curry's dad. Yes. Did you recognize him? Recognize the face for sure. I don't know what he's in. I didn't dig around to see what he's in, but I have seen that guy before. Yeah, same. It's Django Fett. Oh. Yes. And Abin Sur for people that watch the Green Lantern, and I apologize if you watch Green Lantern. <laughs> mm. So yeah. he wasn't in that for very long then either. Now there's another connection. We've already had several connections in this movie. He was also in Speed 2 with Willem Dafoe. Okay. So kind of a kind of a fun little thing, and he was actually also in another comic book movie. This is his third comic book movie appearance. He was in Barbed Wire with Pamela Anderson. Ooh, <laughs> what year is that? That one was in the nineties. Was it? Was it the nineties? Or the two thousands? Let's take a look because I have them all written down right oh, here. Okay. There was a hose in that movie, and there's lots of water spraying around. That's all any teenage boy ever thought about that movie. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It was based on a comic book that was not uh, not one of the main things, not Marvel or DC. Right, it was just yeah. kind of a uh, something else. And uh, it nineteen ninety six. Yeah, I was gonna say I thought it was the nineties. I was pretty sure it was. I guess that would still be her Baywatch heyday, or yeah. right at right at the tail end of right the Baywatch there. heyday. Yeah, yeah. So so that was kind of interesting. But uh, all right. So all right. So did you catch the? Uh, uh, did you catch Randall Park? Yes. So he was the person that was on TV yes. arguing with everybody. And then at the very end, the mid-credits scene, he was fiddling with his broken stuff. Nearly incinerated himself. Okay. So he was on TV as the... Uh, well, he was he was in the movie. He was on TV saying, we found inf- uh, information about Atlantis. and Right, the conspiracy theorist yeah, trope. Yeah. yeah. So he was actually just in another comic book movie last year. Is it last year? Is it early this year? It was... 
Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oh, okay. He was one of the better parts of that. He film. was one of the better ones. Like so he brought that kind of comedic side note to that movie besides the main characters. And I feel like they are looking to maybe do something like that in this one. They just didn't give him any space to do it. No, no. 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 Is is that character somebody I should know? No, not to my knowledge. If it's a character that you should know, even uh, of the two of us, I, I feel I should know it, but no, I don't recognize it at all. Um, but to be fair, uh, again, even though I know Aquaman and the assorted stuff, it's still probably one of the least known of the stuff that I know. It, I only have so much room in my brain for pop culture and comic book stuff. <laughs> um, um one thing that surprised me, I completely missed. Graham McTavish is in this. Graham McTavish. <laughs> now, you can't see this on the radio, but I'm getting two blank looks. I go, Graham McTavish, who is Graham McTavish? So King Atlan uh, is, oh. is who Graham McTavish played. He was in the Hobbit movies uh, as Dwalin, one of the one of the dwarves. Okay. So he's uh he was one of the he was like the kind of the scarred, kind of tougher, bald dwarf right. that was there. So it was kind of nice to see him in that. I also completely missed who voiced the beast, uh, the the kind of uh, squid beast at the end. Right, the final. Julie Andrews. Oh, okay. Which was an interesting choice. Like, we'd like you to be in the film. What am I going to be? Eh, kind of a crab octopus. I know, that's strangely <laughs> hilarious. Well, there were a couple other characters in there, too, that were the, the leaders of their places. Yes, they the, were. The one I, I instantly got. Yeah. The, the the one who got stabbed by a trident and was inconsequential. Yeah. That one I got. The other one, I couldn't I couldn't place hear. It. I couldn't place it because it wasn't clear enough for me. Because if I would have heard, heard his voice clear enough amongst whatever else was going on. It would have been immediate. Instant. Oh, yeah. But. Yeah, I missed it too. I com- I completely didn't hear. There's too much stuff going off. So remember the crab thing that was leading all the other na- uh, nasty crab creatures. Yeah. Yeah. That was voiced by John Reese Davies. Uh, okay. And so you know who that is, right? Oh, excellent, John Reese Davies, one of the best actors of all time. Indiana Jones, he was in. Uh, he was the one that wore the red fez that was helping uh, Indy around. He was on Sliders, the television show, sci-fi. Ooh, Sliders. That was a good one. All right. He Love was sliders. Lord of the Rings. He was the dwarf in Lord of the Rings. All right. I trust you. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah you can't miss Yeah. Him. Okay. Yeah. John Rhys Davies. Now so, I know. So, okay. And the other one that you were talking about, uh, Jimon, I, I apologize again, Jimon, what, Hon- Honsu. Honsu. Uh, he's actually got other uh, comic book kind of creds, too, because he was in the Constantine movie yeah. back in the day, and he's also in Guardians of the Galaxy. And coming up here in a couple months. Korath. That's right. Because he's going to be in, uh, you know, that one movie with the flying space people. <laughs> there are a lot of those. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, pretty amazing cast when you think about it. Uh, one of the strong points of the film. So, you know, I asked you if any anything kind of stood out after kind of thinking about everything else. Are there any any oddities? Any any kind of final notes on the casting that you can think of? Hmm. 
Uh, just that it was diverse, I think. You know, it was good to see um, familiar and unfamiliar faces. Um, the familiar ones kind of not cast as what I have always known them as. So it gef- definitely kept me kind of, like, immersed in um, in what was before my eyes instead of thinking so much about, like, oh, this doesn't fit what I'm used to seeing this person do. Yeah. No, I think it was... It was good. Was it the strong point in the past? We've talked about a lot of movies that we didn't like that were kind of bad, but the cast was actually a strong point. The Predator. Was a great example of that, yeah. Um, I I read an actual note about what the end of The Predator could have been instead of what it actually was. Well, we'll have to talk about that at some other point. All right, well, what do you think? This is an out of 20. How many points would you give it, Cass? Just the number that popped into my head was 18. All right. Cast gives it 18. Strong, strong casting, she says. 15. 15 for Richard. Um, I also think it was a very strong casting. I'd probably give it a 17 out of 20 on that one for me. So very solid. Not like Avengers Infinity War solid, but super good. All right, so we're going to move on to costuming and props. This is not quite so many points. This is only going to be 10 points. And this is where we get to really start tearing apart the movie. I have a funny feeling. Yeah. Um, All right, so how bad was it, Cass? (laughs) Oh, I don't know. I mean, you didn't love the... the jellyfish, you know, uh, ball gown? That was a little weird. That was weird? That Uh, was a little odd. Yeah, the the one where they're like floating, they're behind. floating like <laughs> around her, around yeah. her arms. Now you mentioned the wig. You might have stronger opinions about this than I do, Richard. But I don't mind the red color. It just the looked, color was fine. It especially like when her hair was wet, which I read a little bit. A lot of the scenes that they actually filmed, they sprayed everybody down and they went on to a stage and they acted like because they had to act like they were underwater. It was more when she was not underwater and her hair had a chance to dry out and it was big and just <laughs> like ridiculous i maybe it's me maybe i feel like when her hair was wet it was natural like that was her hair that they had dyed and you couldn't tell but when it was dry it was just like a helmet like what am i seeing here on right. the screen but it just it just didn't look it didn't look good all right. Well, okay. Let's let's start kind of go character by character. You've got you've got Aquaman, uh, starting off with kind of his standard shtick that he's had from the previous two movies. You know, kind of the the broken down. I've got tattoos, stringy hair, and bu- uh, bulging muscles. And that's mu- what you're supposed to be looking at. Muscles for days. Muscles for days. And of course, you know, you know, handsome, handsome guy. You're able to kind of take that in. It's a good look. They made a good choice of all the stuff that they did on the previous two movies, designing Aquaman. Bravo. Yeah. Even even his end uh, suit of armor, let's call it. Yeah. That was nice. It, it was, wasn't bad. It was, It could have been really bad. Could have been really bad. One bad. So his suit of armor at which point? At the, at the very end when yeah. he's, you know, writing his... Monster beast into victory. That's kind of what Aquaman's supposed to look like yeah. back in the day, sort of. Um, it, except I always remembered. You remember those uh, kind of styrofoam 
peanut candies that you can get. They're they're like imprinted with peanuts, and mm-hmm. they're like circus orange. peanuts. Circus peanuts. They're, yeah, yeah. It was that color orange in the comics for a long time. Oh, really? It was, it was awful. So it could have been really, really yeah. bad. Yeah. Um, but no, I I kind of liked it. Yeah. yeah. Mirror's outfit was solid. Very tight. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, the, uh, the the other Atlanteans, like the shock troopers, um, the the kind of sort of technological, futuristic. Eh? Yeah. A little I, bit. I thought that served to kind of like better demonstrate that like Atlantis was this like technologically advanced um, civilization in case you forgot. Um because a lot of the other costuming didn't really give me as much of that vibe. So, in a way, it was a little bit like, um, wait, why do they look like they're we're suddenly in a sci-fi movie that I forgot I was in? But, um, yeah, I think, it, I think it demonstrated that the technological capabilities they had were um, more advanced, I guess. And, and they mentioned briefly in the movie, in a side note... Well, only the people of royal whatever can breathe yeah. outside of water. So it served for all their troopers. They had to have some means of breathing when they're outside of water. Oh, that's pretty solid. Okay. What about uh, Nicole Kidman wears a fish head? Right. Her, her suit of armor? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That was terrible. I, I, I'm glad it was only for like a, a short shot, but... Okay, so I'm to understand that these fish people are mutated Atlanteans. I just I just want you to, to think about that for a second. They're mutated Atlanteans, so they're still technically like people to her. Right. But that was how long ago? Uh, Remember? Yeah. So like that was before modern civilizations, so still you're wearing the head of a fish. So I also was confused. Don't survive. <laughs> Was I meant to believe that, like, the Atlanteans, whenever they went underwater, like, evolution works in this movie, like, as, like, instantaneous mutations as adaptation? Not instantaneous, <laughs> but it's supposed to be fairly quick. It seemed whatever, pretty quick. Whatever that blast was that ruined the whole world yeah, well, changed them instantly, uh-huh. apparently. I don't know. <sighs> okay, so, yeah, so she wears a fish head and does a claw and... Oh, it's like a crab claw. No, it's like a crab claw. So, okay. So I'm I'm trying I'm trying to wrap my head around. I know this is a sticking point, and I and I don't know if it really needs to be. But okay. So why, why is she wearing the fish head? So I have to assume that the logic is I want to kind of look like the other fishies, right? So that they don't attack me, and I must be wearing this because it has worked. I didn't even think that far. I just thought, oh, that looks kind of silly. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> I just thought because, like, she was adapting to her environment. And when she had to go out and hunt for food, she needed armor. For right, her. yeah, that's more what I was but thinking. But if you will remember, in her location, she said that it's a one-way trip. The only way out was with the trident. All of the fishies are scared of the light. Where'd she get the helmet? <laughs> hey. Okay, maybe that's plot. That's not really right. costuming and yeah. props, but that just bothered me to no end. She fought her way through the hordes and 
along with her battle. <laughs> dragged a carcass with her? Dragged a carcass, maybe two, <laughs> with her. And that was her trophy slash armor at the end. Very okay. The okay. end. All right. Um, okay. She did eat a fish out of a bowl. <laughs> so she likes eating fish parts, and they were just kind of fish things. Yeah, I'm not, not going to go there. <laughs> did you notice anything else that stuck out of you, either that was really awesome in terms of costuming or something that just was a sore, sore thumb? Hmm. No, I think the only thing that was interesting to me was like how fans of Aquaman reacted to um, the various costumes, like Aquaman's final costume, of course. You know, it seemed that they were pleased. So Mm -hmm. that's just something that I was trying to just do a check on before I came on here because I wasn't really sure, you know what it was supposed to look like. Um, like you said, Ocean Master was just dead on. Yeah. His, especially at the end, was fantastic. Um, and and Black, Black Manta. Manta. Great. Looked exactly, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I could could not have been happier with that. Um, okay, so we won't last real long on this because it really, for the most part, costume was probably okay in this film. There were just a couple of notes where he's kind of looked at it. It's like, hmm. Bad uh, wig, bad beard, you know. Yeah, something here or there. It, it, Fish parts. Yeah. So what do you think? <laughs> out of 10, Mr. Richard? Yeah, I'll do an 8. Do an 8 out of 10? All right. What about you, Cass? I'll do a 7 on this one. 7 on that one. I am also going to do a 7, I believe. I think that's pretty fair. Now, we're going to move on to location now. Being new with us, location can mean actual real locations that they're going to uh, be filming on, but it can also mean just completely uh, fabricated, just in terms of the story, the places that they go within the story. Okay. So what do you think? So they they had a handful of different places. You had the lighthouse. You had the underwater city. You had, uh, you know, Italy, because why not? Right. Uh, Middle of the Sahara Desert. What did you think about the choices of locations that they had for this? Did they serve it? I mean, the first thing I have to say is that Pitbull's remix of Toto by Africa when entering the Sahara, um, that was 10 out of 10 for me. <laughs> Spot on. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think the main thing that I really liked was that, you know, I've seen several of the superhero movies at this point, and none of them have had these, like, grandiose underwater you know, um, settings that allow new things that I haven't seen before um, to be part of it. So that was that was something that I liked. I thought the Italy thing was kind of silly, but I like the idea of a treasure hunt that takes you different places. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the the places that the treasure hunts took you to, in a sense, like when they were doing their top secret meeting in the broken down ship, right? <laughs> like that broken down ship. Well, it it looked like a really bad. Uh, set right, right. Yeah. Uh, the 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 scenes in Italy as they're running on the rooftops and they're running, smashing through the buildings. Those were fine. I bought into that. Um, I'm trying to think here. The the lighthouse inside the lighthouse when they're you know having a little quick fight scene towards mm-hmm. the beginning. You know, like th- those things were fine. I didn't have anything that necessarily detracted, but. I uh, mentioned it before when they fly into the city, like, hey, this is what the city actually is that you don't know about. And it's just real big and grand. And there's a cliff 
that protects everything, and there's cannons, and there's a bridge. I'm like, oh, okay, I get it now. So yeah. like, they presented that well. The grouping of uh, statues where they they meet and they're attacked by the evil sub. Uh, that was kind of nice. I liked that. Uh, the actual sub itself was, as a practical set goes, pretty pretty decent. I, I enjoyed that. Um, seemed a little more destructible than I would think that the inside of a sub would be. Right. But, uh, I don't have firsthand experience, and, you know, Arthur's, like, superhumanly strong, so whatever. Um, <clears throat> they did shoot a lot of bullets, and nothing happened, so... I love the little Manta ship that that they had for uh, Black Manta, the experimental marine vessel that oh, he stole. Yeah. It would have been nice to see the inside of that rather than just the top. But I have this feeling there was a meaning. It's like, yeah, we're out of money. Eh, we're not even going to bother. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Well, so where is he whenever he makes the suit? I don't know. I think he's in his Mantamobile. Maybe he is. Yeah. I couldn't tell. But it didn't make that very clear, I don't think. Because he was just mysteriously on this island now. And then, then they dropped off the suit. And then after that, it's MacGyver time, and five seconds later, he's built an amazing suit. <laughs> it his travels from Ireland to, to Italy. <laughs> yeah, he's, 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 he's the man, apparently. Uh, okay, okay. So, locations, pretty solid all around. Yeah. We usually don't spend a whole lot of time on location unless there's something really drastically bad or drastically good. I really don't think either is accurate with this. I mean, it's fairly decent for the most part, locationally. I'm going to give this one just a, an easy 8 out of 10. Pretty simple. What do you think, Cass? Yeah, I'm with you on the 8. I was thinking 8, too. 8's oh all around. Yahtzee. Okay. Now, uh, I thought we were really going to start digging in on the props, but we all were pretty much okay on that. I know we're going to start digging in on cinematography. Yeah. Uh, I know we all have had some particular issues with how this was put, again, uh, put together, but we're going to start with Richard. What did you think about uh, the, the way that they did the shots and uh, how things were put together in this? CGI. Well, you, you know, the CGI, um, I can say colorful. Right, because you've mm-hmm. got a lot of colors when they're under the water. Uh, there are just some of the things, like I said, that are cheesy to me. And I already mentioned the first one where he hops in, and the camera angle is to his back. Now that that's all cinematography. Turn the head slow. Permission to come aboard. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, come on. <laughs> that that one just that one killed it for me for a little while. Um, but the actual, I think the colors are one of the things that stood out to me. Um, I go back to when you watched Black Panther, the view of a city that you didn't know existed in the middle of a, a place that you didn't know was there, and how they presented that was actually pretty impressive. Like, yeah. I liked how that came across. They tried to deliver it in a way that is this is a big place, there's a lot going on here, and you didn't know about it. So how do I present this as a big place like that? And I think they did that just fine. Like, I actually didn't have too much of an issue in certain certain presentations of things. Um, you know, like you said, with certain camera angles and 
let me go to this wide shot and him falling through a building and hitting something or him flying into a piece of metal and hitting something or him. Like he's got the most incredible fall damage stamina of any other person (laughs) I've ever seen. So some of that stuff was a little over the top, I, I, I think, but it didn't kill me, but I wasn't overly impressed. You know, neutral. Let's call yeah. it. I know you had some some issues with some of it, Cass. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I'll say first to uh, its credit, like I mentioned earlier, the world building. Um, I think was something that was important for this because it's all these new settings that we've never seen before. It's an underwater civilization, and we have to make sure that. We're building um, this to be as fantastical as the movie calls for. And I think they did a good job with that. Um, Some of my issues actually, once again, had to do with the fact that I saw it in 3D. Mm. And what's weird about 3D is if it's not done um, really intentionally... It can um, it can hurt your eyes even if you're not someone who has the kind of like nausea issues with it, right? So if they're doing too many over the shoulder shots and they um, they haven't really carefully um, changed the uh, something that will probably go over listeners' heads if they don't know what the um, technology is, but basically you'll have like the corner of someone's shoulder just popping out at your face and it's mm-hmm. uncomfortable. Um, so there were a couple things like that that really took me out of it that were specific to the fact that I saw it in 3D. Um, what were some of the issues that you had with it? Well, I mean, you know, we talked about the bad de-aging. Right. I have a feeling they used some CGI on uh, Patrick Wilson's face as well. It seemed really slick. Um, did not look natural. Um, I don't know if that was makeup. Uh, maybe he's seeing some special... <laughs> some special surgeon right. I wasn't aware of. Although most of his shots were done underwater. Yeah. So they had to present him as if he were underwater. Absolutely. Oh, and I, yeah. I see what they're getting with that, but it just did not look natural. Um, the, yeah. like, like a creamy face, right? Yeah, you know smooth, yeah. Baby's bottom smooth. It was Absolutely. like a blur effect. I, uh, I, I had problems with that. Oh, and before I forget about it, I'm actually taking my locations down by one because I just realized there's one thing that I meant to mention. The uh, center of the Earth uh, island was stupid. <laughs> it was just a plain dumb idea. Uh, but back to back to where we were. Okay, so um, the other issues that I had, they had some very, I mean, they had some very standard uh, blocking. They had some very standard uh, uh, construction of the scenes in some spots, but it seems like they were trying too hard at times to achieve a very specific effect. You're talking the over-the-shoulder permission to come aboard. They did this thing multiple times when it's two people talking together. They would take, like you're talking about, the camera over the shoulder. You would see one of them. They'd be at the mid-distance. They would zoom in. Go to the other side. At the mid-distance, zoom in. Right. Then they go back to the first side. Mid-distance, zoom in. Would you just stand still? It is not working. If you do it once... You can kind of get away with it, and it kind of gives you that feel. You do it more than that, I'm going to notice, and you just look dumb. Um, it's uh, I didn't I did not like that. I don't think it achieved what they were wanting to uh, achieve. Um, I thought the um, the movement was a problem underwater. I understand they're trying to do kind of swimming, but um, 
as they're as they're moving. The movement isn't natural because they can't be walking, but it doesn't look like natural swimming either. It looks like this kind of, well, we've got to get him from point A to point B. Let's have him kind of just shoulder his way forward and float <laughs> as if he's Casper going from, from one point to another. Uh, the crowds in the fight scene, and this was prominently displayed in the uh, trailer for the film where something happens. They all run to the back to the top of the, you know, you know they're all yelling into their feet and it looked extremely fake. I mean, mm. it, it was like, I, I thought I was watching The Sims for a minute. <laughs> it was that level. I mean, almost Henry Cavill mustache removal bad. Um, yeah, they didn't take real people and cheer. They no. just did all fake people. Yeah. And at least that's what it seemed like. If those were real people, what did you do? I, it just it just did not come across real well. I mean, those were those were my big issues that I had with it. Now it wasn't all bad. I mean, a lot of it was uh, a lot of it was good. The the volcanic stuff, the the kraken or whatever you want to call the the character, um, uh, the beast that Julie Andrews did the voice for, that was good. The kind of uh, you know variety of different ships was really well done. There's a lot of great lighting that they did, uh, kind of trying to give the example of what it was like to see as Aquaman. That was pretty solid. Everything lighting up. Although I may, I hope I was the only one. But as soon as they started doing that, uh, under the sea started playing in the back of my head uh, as if I had a crab on my shoulder singing to me. <laughs> Um, but that's probably just me. <laughs> that's just you. Um, but uh, I mean, better down where it's wetter. <laughs> <laughs> the, the the dinosaurs in the center of the earth, because there's going to be dinosaurs in the center of the earth. Obviously. Journey to the center of the earth. Come on now. Oh, good lord. Um, <laughs> that's not. Uh, they actually looked fine. I mean, the fact that they were there was not particularly great, but they looked good. Um, what about when they were super fast twirling their tridents? And uh, things were spinning around. And you, when you, did you ever look at their hands when they were doing it? That like, weren't you actually touching the tridents? Yes. Yeah. It was just them, like, <laughs> like, like <laughs> slowly. Well, they weren't even doing it fast either. Just like, uh, well, most people, I, I, I know there must be things like nobody's going to notice that. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Somebody did. Like, I noticed it. I, I shouldn't have noticed it. But. Oh, good. That was... That was the biggest issues that I had. I mean, for the most part, I mean, the problem is this film is what? 70% CGI? So much. So much. Um, So you're bound to have some things just not quite hit right. But they had a lot not hit right. And it it completely took me out of the movie every time I saw something like that. If I'm going to suspend my disbelief for a little while, I need you guys to be better at that. I have so much money to spend. But if you're going to make a billion dollars on a movie, you might have more to spend on the, the next, next one. one. Absolutely. Uh, all right. So I know I ranted a little bit there. <laughs> Anything else uh, that you can think of before we get our scores on cinematography? Hmm. I don't know if this is a cinematography note or not. But so apparently in Justice League, there was an issue where. They to have them talk underwater, they had to create uh, kind of an effect of like, okay, we've got to have a box or a bubble around us or something. So they didn't do that in this. They just had them talk, right? Um, I, I read something that I didn't notice when I was watching the movie, which is as they talk or as Aquaman talks, like there are like little maybe like effects, CGI effects of like 
just like wa- sound waves going through the water or something. Yeah. I think I didn't notice it, but that's like unnecessary <laughs> if that was part of it. But it, it does also make sense that they would not have to have them be in bubbles to talk underwater. So that's a good change. Well, I understand the necessity of it, but uh, sound carries quite differently underwater right. than in, in real time. So the fact that he sounds one way above ground and sounds exactly the same under the water. It's it's a necessary suspension of of logic and and um, science. Yeah, yeah. You know, it. I would think that it would detract to have two different sounds, kind of like how they just finally said for Scarlet Witch. No, you're not going to have an accent. Just start going. <laughs> or or Hemlock Grove after the first season. Oh, yeah, just man. with Famke. So yeah, yeah. Famke Jansen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so she she started with, um, I'm not really sure what that accent was supposed to be, but uh, so th- so they had her get injured at the end of the first season and the start of the second season. Well, the injury took away my accent. Oh, I don't even remember that. That's <laughs> awful. That's hilarious. Oh, I, I, it was terrible, but I kind of loved it. It, <laughs> it was it was not good. Um, okay, so cinematography. Mr. Richard, what do you think? Out of 20. Mm, let's do 14. 14. I think that's a pretty fair score. What about you, Cass? Um, we'll go with 15. I didn't have as many problems as you had. Well, I'm nitpicking, yeah. to be fair. Um, and because I'm nitpicking, I'm, I'm with Richard at, at the 14 level. It, it could have been a lot worse. There were just several things that bothered me. Oh, yeah. Um. All right, so that brings us to the meat. Uh, and because it's the meat, we should give it more points, but we're not going to. It's going to be 20 points for plot <laughs> and writing, just like everything else is either 10 or 20 points. So, all right, I know you had a lot to say on the, on the plot and writing. You had some issues here. Yeah, I mean, so... Once again, my experience versus that of people who know the universe, who know Aquaman, like that's probably um, you know a huge factor here is that I'm not familiar. Um, but I just could not get into this like this super. I mean, what's the word that I keep using? Shakespearean, self-serious. Um, even though it seemed to be self-aware and that it was trying to be camp, it was just. Um, it wasn't immersive enough for me to where that I could, you know, stand to hear these long, drawn-out, dramatic monologues. So the writing, particularly the dialogue, um, it, it just completely ruined the movie for me, basically. I don't know what your experience was with it. Uh, the, the story as a whole does feel good. On the whole, <laughs> um, I think is very weak. Yeah. But it, it. How else do you introduce the whole narrative of this character and the world that this character is in? They've already set him up in previous movies mm-hmm. as a person who is a complete outsider and doesn't care, doesn't have anything to do with it. But if you're going to set up this whole thing, and maybe, just maybe, you're going to have these other characters like uh, Black Manta, maybe even 
Ocean Master. I have a feeling that Black Manta is going to get his suit all fixed up and he's going to go break out Ocean Master and then they're going to join forces with other bad guys. So I could see it happening, right? But I, I think... You mean like a Legion of Doom or something? Yeah, just... Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but anyway, the the whole grand scheme of it is just kind of... Meh. You know what I'm saying? Like it just it's 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 weak, and it is an origin story without it being an origin story. Yeah, exactly. And, and that part is just meh. You know, like I get you need to know how this character came to be, and it set up his mom magically being alive. Who could have seen that? Who would have known <laughs> that she would still be alive at the end? Such a shocker. <laughs> it, 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 I, I get why it was and why it was written how it was but it's just weak i don't know there's just so many so many weak points to it well, that's all i can say you know well here's the problem at least in my mind um it is a character that not everyone is familiar with so in a i think fairly logical mindset they said we have to have an origin it has to be an origin story it's still an origin story See, every single comic book movie just about has an origin story in it. And it's there's only so many formula that you can have, so many ways to put this together uh, before it just starts becoming very predictable. So even if you're kind of a, a casual viewer, it's, it's going to fall into a very familiar rhythm. Um, so it, it's... it's incumbent upon the writers and the directors to be able to put something in it that is either so fantastical that you're okay with it being an origin story because you're distracted by all the shiny objects or with such fantastic writing that it it doesn't matter that it's an origin because you get such a depth of character and development of that character that it doesn't again it doesn't bother you because it's going somewhere it's doing something um I don't think that happened. I mean, so we start the film with Arthur um, wanting to be left alone, and he is presented with the uh, with the opportunity, I guess, to, to go to his home. He has to save his home. All right, fine. Uh, so he keeps fighting to do that. And he does it in the most awkward and unintelligent way throughout the entire film. And they comment on it several times. Does he ever finally do something that's intelligent? No, not really. He still stumbles through it. Does he ever show a love for his home because he's had to fight for it by the end of the film? No, he doesn't. Basically, he beat the bad guy. Oh, he did something intelligent. <laughs> he, he put the bottle on the statue. Uh, oh, my apologies. That's right. Well, I mean, he drinks a lot, so I'm not really going to count that because he's looked at the bottom of a lot of bottles. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, but I mean, really, that there's no real character growth there. Mira isn't given enough time to really have any character growth. The closest that you get is, I think you're a buffoon. Now I think I like you as a buffoon. Oh, boy. We haven't seen that in every movie ever. And how do they know each other? You know? Because, like, that, it seems like they knew each other well, in Justice League. Yeah. They but then in, in this one, he says, hey, what's your name, by the way? Like, he doesn't even know what her name is. 
Right. <laughs> so how did they know each other? Yeah, it's kind of odd. I felt like they already... I don't know. I got the sense from her first appearance that he already had talked to her, had met her, knew who she was, or something like that. Um, yeah, I don't know. So It's a little weird. But, I mean... There is there is no real character growth with one exception. The only one that I could find is uh, he let Manta's father die, and he realizes that was a mistake. I made an enemy. Okay. Well, the, my only problem with that is he would never have done that. That is so against the character. Any version of the character that I have ever seen, he wouldn't just let... It's not like he's like Superman goody two-shoes level in every version, but he still understands the difference between uh, letting somebody die and murdering not being all that different when he's got the power to stop it because it was pretty clear Manta couldn't do anything to him. He could have just lifted him and served justice, but he didn't do that. And it's and it just it, it didn't quite fit for for what what his character is supposed to be. It, that I felt that was a mess. Another yeah. another one liners like your mess, you can get out of there. Something yeah, like that. It was, it was, <laughs> it's like oh yeah okay now let's make a callous comment on top of everything else. So it's interesting that you say that then because I had felt like that was really contrived. Like that was just a way to give Mansa a reason to, to hate be, him. To hate him. And I wasn't sure, once again, if that was something that was already part of Manta's story from the comic books, um, or if that was something that was a, a plot device for this particular origin story for both of them. Yeah, I, I, I could be wrong, but I don't ever remember anything like that right. happening in the comics. But like I said, there's been several versions. I could have missed it in one of them. I don't know. Um, but I don't ever remember anything even close to that. And it's just, it just seemed out of place. Now, um, one thing I did like, uh, I don't know if uh, you saw it in my notes, but, uh, I don't know if Richard saw it at the very beginning of the movie. Do you remember the, uh, the stack of books when it's pulling up the camera up to, to see Arthur Curry's dad as he's waiting in the lighthouse? Do you remember the books? Um... No, I read this earlier today, but I don't remember. Oh, the book. did you? H.P. No. <laughs> Lovecraft yes. is, is one of the books. The, so it's, it's, uh, I remember what it is. Uh, it doesn't really matter. As soon as you see H.P. Lovecraft, okay, there's going to be a squid monster. Right. It's an immediate, it's an immediate hint. And it's like, okay, well, considering how this movie has to go, the squid monster is going to be at the end. It's going to be guarding something. I mean, it's, it's, it's pretty obvious, uh, pretty early what's, what's going to happen. Um, I thought that was that was pretty fun, but then they go and ruin it with a stupid voiceover with the the entry for me. I thought that was just yeah. When I was young, and my my dad found this chick and uh, brought her up to the to lighthouse, and she destroyed his TV. Okay, fine. It just it. I, I like Jason Momoa. I think we could have done without the voiceover. I completely agree with you there. Yeah, there was that. Yeah, um, there was an octopus that played the drums. <laughs> now that part was cool. That was really cool. And it started playing in my ears again. Under the seat. Yeah, that that one I was I was super confused with. And after reading it, it was a nod to apparently he had a in the original old school comic he had a 
sidekick or some octopus character that was his. Oh, that's right. Like one of his friends. So they threw it in there as a nod to the the comic book. And I was like, okay, but. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, okay. So one of the plot points that we have in the later part is, well, how is he tracking you? And had the little bracelet. Okay. But that also happened at the beginning of the movie. They'll always find me. They'll always be looking for me. She didn't have a bracelet, or at least I expect that she was smart enough to not know. I didn't ever see a bracelet on her. But the first thing I thought of throughout the entire movie, all of these sets are either underwater or on the coast or in an island. Move to Montana. Right. <laughs> Where are they going to go? They have to have like these things on their head to be able to follow you. Unless you're going to get like 12 regal people to take a road trip from California to, to figure out what's it. It just that's the first thing I thought of. It's like you never think to just move. Just move. They will never find you. I guarantee <laughs> it. Um, did you have the same kind of reaction when they had little Arthur with his uh, school friends uh, going to the aquarium where he's first using his powers to talk to the uh, talk to the animals. I, I immediately thought, oh, Harry Potter. Me too. I was literally just thinking, am I going to get to say Harry Potter before he says Harry Potter? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the exact same yeah. scene. Yeah. Like, the, like the, the chimey music playing in the background. Do, 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 oh, do, good do. Lord. <laughs> and, and the whole thing with now my eyes are glowing, so I'm special. Yes. So that is also something that would just immediately break my uh, disbelief side of things. Okay, so this kid is there. Every single person is looking straight at him as his eyes change color and there's all sorts of uh, marine life. Why is he not in a government facility now? It just happened. Yeah, he got away. Uh, the, the shark let him out. I don't know. Sorry, again, it's just something that just didn't seem to follow exactly the way that was uh, going to. You are talking about one-liners earlier. Uh, the uh, the I'm, uh, I'm Black Manta line. Oh, gosh, yeah. Okay, so for people that understand the comics, you already know he's Black Manta. Right. And the whole knife thing, I liked that. That was a nice little nod. It had a little manta on it. Here's the backstory. So for the people that know, that is all you needed. For the people that don't know, saying I'm Black Manta means nothing. It was just an awful line thrown in for no good reason. Yeah, uh, yeah, pointless. Oh, uh, And... An area of convenience was they're at the bar and they're drinking and they had the selfies and like I like that. That was that was cool. But okay, after that, she comes out and tells him that hey, we're in danger and we need to go back and he's like, No. And then instantly he's driving down the road and the gigantic wave comes and crashes and devastates everything. Like, oh, I've changed my mind. <laughs> it, it didn't take very long just to drive down the road. So, Well, to be fair, his, uh, his dad almost died. She used her wonky uh, uh, water magic uh, to, to pull the water out of his lungs, which I thought was actually kind of cool. It maybe didn't present quite as well as I hoped it would, but eh, water magic on screen... Not not the easiest to do. And she used that in other areas of the film as well, so it's not like it was a one-off no. thing. It was just, how convenient, you know? So that's... However, the one thing that did occur to me, 
You see all these other Atlanteans. They explain why Arthur can talk to mammals. It's because he's half human. You know, because of logic. <laughs> um, they never talk about why she has water magic. Yeah, I wondered that too. And and water magic that she can use to, like, turn wine into stagger spears. <laughs> so I had to get that one in there. That was just ridiculous. Yeah. Well, visually it was... Um, Okay, no, I can't even say visually it was good. That would just look dumb, too. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what was going on with that. But, you know, maybe I'm just having sour grapes. I, <laughs> uh, well, that would be more vinegar. Uh, vinegar? <laughs> vinegar grapes? Okay. So, um, okay, okay. So, okay. All right, all right. Here's a good one. Here's another problem I had. So they're on the plane going to the Sahara Desert, right? They're, they're on their little trip after this after this fight goes terribly wrong and he loses and his mom's trident is broken and they've got to find it oh i've got a little tracking thing okay a little odd but uh, for convenience sake i'm fine with it they're going to go find something and they do the whole thing walking through the desert have their funny lines here and there and he falls catches himself she's going to fall he catches her lifts her up oh look that's exactly where we need to be in this giant empire yeah how convenient. Now, <laughs> why did... What, so they've had this tracker for how long? <laughs> no, I don't so know. So that, that was the first thing. I was like, all of a sudden, she just had this thing in her hand that told her exactly where to go. I was like, wait a sec. Like, what am I missing here? Like, why didn't they have this... Why didn't they go to this place 20 years ago? Like, right. I don't get it. And, and It was just unearthed in an archaeological dig. Uh, this this one thing. Maybe it came with the other things. a two-piece set. You know, like a travel bag and... Uh, and a little carry-on back. <laughs> um, okay, so, okay, now, how about this? They're in this ancient place that they just happened to land in the exact right spot that they need to plug in their Nintendo cartridge. And it doesn't work so they can have their moment of humor. And, okay, well, we need we need moisture. It's just too dry. They need one drop of moisture. Mm-hmm. To light up this entire machine because it's too dry. Sure. That makes lots of sense. Uh, well, I, 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 they, I said they used, he, he used smart parts there between putting the bottle in the, in the statue. Well, they, they figured it out right there, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I, did, I know you said it was kind of crude, the whole pee on it instead. I did find that kind of humorous just because that's the first thing I thought. You're going to use magic. You you really need magic for this? Oh yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it, it, that I didn't have too much of an issue with that. Um, okay, so how about this instead? Well, we're going to go forward just a little bit more. They have their big fight in Italy, which you know I liked the fight in Italy. That that worked pretty well. But they take they steal the boat um, because atlantean customs are so different that it's just communal property for everything i thought that was a little weak um they're an advanced civilization and they obviously own stuff they understand what it means to own things anyway um so they go out to this area that is what maybe a mile out because you can see it from land well i was wondering about that too because what from what i understand they were pointing to those two little rocky Things right there. It's like that's just off the sh- shore. Cool. Yeah. Okay, there's a thing that's right there. Like this no. is all very easy. Yeah. <laughs> now they're sailing out in the middle of the ocean somewhere. Like how did this happen? Well, and even then, it can't have been that far. 
and the storm starts and all the nasty fish people arrive. Off of the coast of Italy. Close to the coast of Italy. Nobody ever noticed missing ships or distress calls. I'm being attacked by fish people. They only attack, uh, attack now because what? It's raining. Now, and it is the Mediterranean. It's not like it's... It's a small did, did, area. Did, did they leave the Mediterranean and then they went somewhere else? It, I mean, I just don't get... I don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't know. I, I, I just don't understand where they're going with that. And, and that goes back into when Manta got his delivery and then five seconds later he had his suit created because he's science expert. <laughs> yeah, because they teach you that in whatever section of the military he was maybe in that they didn't really describe very well. Sea power at school. <laughs> it's just a hairpin, some gum, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Okay, so the eyes fire on that. And we saw on the gun that the cartridges behind the red things that became the eyes were, what, about three or four inches deep? And he made the small little helmet. So what, are they going to rest inside his skull when he's wearing it? I, I don't really see how this is working. But you saw from his point of view, too, that it had targeting on it. Yeah, because he's also an expert computer programmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can create a HUD. Uh, just give me, uh, just give me a Casio calculator. And uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so and then we got to come back to the Oasis because I mentioned it again. Um, the internal, the center of the Earth thing, I've always thought was a, a just a not a great idea for anybody who even knows a little bit of science. I mean, unless you're going to say it's magic, it doesn't really makes sense. And even if it's magic, why there? Uh, it's just, it, it's the terrible, terrible location for anything. So uh, there aren't islands at the center <laughs> of the earth? I just, it's, if I was 10, maybe I would find this entertaining, but. Filled with liquid hot magma. <laughs> um, so, I mean, I've got obviously a lot of issues that I, that I run into. I, I had, oh, he grabs the triton. Okay. Sorry. Okay. After this, this little, he has a little talk and a little tussle with the uh, Kraken Beast, and he grabs the trident. No, this is always meant to be mine. I'm now the king. I grab the magic weapon, which now allows me to ride the giant thing and control all of the nasty fish people to go with me. And it plays, especially now that I know that John Reese davies with it, it plays exactly like Return of the King. It's like, oh, I got the magic weapon. I can control the race and send the race at all the other armies that are, that are on the field. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, it just, it was disappointing. Yeah. I also had a question, not since we're talking about plot holes. Um, so when he's battling the, the Kraken or whatever it is, um, it mentions something about how... Other really qualified, highly trained, you know, um, folks, I don't know, have come and haven't been able to be worthy to have this Triton before. Sure. But they had to go on this convoluted treasure hunt thing with the bottle and the message and the, and the moisture and the... Uh, so how did these other people who were like who were highly trained or who, who were at least feeling like they were capable of, of getting this trident, uh, trident, 
Um, how did they get there, like, without the without the treasure hunt? So I was really confused about that part. That did seem odd. The only thing I could come up with is that it's been so long ago, the other kingdom was still, it, was no, it wasn't actually a desert at that point. They were, they were still a viable kingdom at that point. Right. And he had sent himself into exile and left the note there for them. Because uh, I was trying to figure that out, too. He left this message. Yeah, for, yeah. How did anybody ever get it? Right. Because it's in the middle of nowhere. Now, because that's the, also the thing. So they excavated this. Excavated it from where? Because this kingdom is in the middle of the desert where none of them would have gone ever. It just seems a little too many uh, too many coincidences. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm just going to straight out say that the plot on this one for me was definitely the the losing side of things. I'm it's not all bad, but I'm going to give it a 10 out of 20. Hmm. That's exactly what I was going to say. I feel like I got to just go with it. Yeah, it's a 10. Yeah. I was going to say 8. Ooh. <laughs> you thought it was worse than that. All right, so this is our last point. We can give any bonus points that we want at, at this point. Anything that you thought just deserved kudos or you just got a little geeky giggle out of it or anything that you know just gives it an extra a little something. Depends on what my total is. <laughs> now, this is the part where we're going to pause the recording so Ken can find out exactly what our scores are. 5, 7, 2, <laughs> plus 3 equals 19 plus... 42. Well, Cass is at 73 at the moment. Mm. Richard, you're at... Uh, 3,000. Looks like 67. Oh, I was so much more generous. It looks like it might have been. Let's see. So it's, a, it's at a D. It's at a D range for me. You get, you're giving it a C. C minus. Mine's more like a D. I'm at a 66. Plus. Oh, my goodness. And so it's possible also that I don't know math. So I'm going to look at Cass's score again. It might be lower. No, I think I was I think I was the most generous out of all. And that's kind of how we, we look at the scores, too, is like A, B, C, D. Yep. yep. F. You know, in, uh, in school terms, Ds earn degrees, right? So... Even if you give it a D, yeah. th- that doesn't mean that it's bad per se. It may be bad compared to other movies. Right. Yeah. But um, if it makes you a billion dollars in the box office, it must have been successful in some form or fashion. And what does bad really mean? I mean, the amount of effort that goes into making a film, the the amount of sweat and tears that all these people put into this, even making a film that you consider to be just awful is a great achievement. And, True. and I and I definitely appreciate it. So even with me giving this something like a D, it's still a decent movie. Yeah, I, I kind of left the movie theater thinking, like, not that the movie was good. Like, oh, that was fun. You know, nothing, you know, nothing crazy, right? But if you, if someone asks you about the movie, like, what did you think about it? Like, oh, that was fun. And that's all, all you really need to dig into yeah. it. Yeah. I watched it, and I had it. I probably will... Uh, Still be having nightmares about certain aspects of it <laughs> for the next <laughs> few days, but but I'll, I'll give so I like I said I liked Dolph Lundgren. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like I like when you have those people in there that are just like ah oh, like hey cool that guy's in there, but he wasn't anything like that. I just appreciated the fact that he was in it. Now um, I watched 
a lot of my comic book stuff is based on I've seen a cartoon or a cartoon series about the comic. And I watch that and I enjoy it. But then I go and do a little research on, well, why did, like, how, why did they present it like this? Or what's the history of this character? And one of the characters that I always enjoy seeing, it almost always are bad guys, like mm, villains of some sort. Um, and I like Black Manta. And I like, I didn't like the actor. I, I didn't like the plot of how he became Black Manta. Same. I didn't like the his MacGyvering the suit is just so bad in the movie. But I will give one bonus point for the end product, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, the end I, product looked great. I did like that presentation part of it. So one bonus, point. one bonus point for Richard. What about you, Cass? Any bonus points? Uh I kind of want to decrease my score <laughs> rather than increase it, but I would have to give a bonus point for um, the Atlantean with his head in the toilet to oh, breathe. Yeah, that, that was, was fantastic. so ridiculous. Mm. That was that was a fun little bit. We'll, we'll definitely have to accept that as a really good one. Because that that dude also got like his hand chopped off. Yeah, right? he had a really bad time of it. And he was like their super soldier, not their super soldier, but like their commander. Well, he had he had the scar, so that meant that he was better. Hmm. True, that makes perfect <laughs> sense. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Hardcore care. Yeah, he's a hardcore. Okay, I actually have to give two bonus points. Um, uh, one, just for all of the little links within, I've not seen a movie that has, oh, both of these people are in this and both of these people are in that. And there's this little other connection. I kind of enjoyed, uh, seeing a movie with so many of those. And then I also have to give one point because at least they're trying to change the tone. I will give a bonus point just for that. Um, and, uh, yeah. So that puts our final scores at uh, Cass with 74, we both have 68, and uh, solid D plus. You know that gets you through school, and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> 74 being a, a solid C. So you know, yeah, it sounds about right. I mean, yeah, better. Like DC's working in the in the right direction. We'll see what Shazam delivers here in a couple months. Um, I it, am super excited about that one, actually. Yeah, I, I have. A f- mixed expectations on what I've seen from the trailers. You can't base everything on the trailers, but uh, I don't know. We'll see. And, and uh, uh, ja, uh, Mr. Hansu <laughs> yeah. is also in that movie, too. So he's, uh, he's the wizard. So he's another link to all the comic book stuff that he's still doing. Well, and that's... and Yeah. I, I could probably continue to talk about this entire thing, but uh, yeah, it's just um, we—it's maybe an indicator that things will become better, and that's that's all I can hope. Yeah. All right. Well, it was wonderful talking to both of you about this particular film, and uh, hopefully, some of you at home have some of the same thoughts, or maybe you don't. As always, we have a forum on our website. We would love to hear your uh, review. I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Obviously, we are also on Twitter pretty regularly, and we are at Real Pudding Guys, and on Facebook, at Pudding Guys. 
So come by and see what's going on. I'll be posting up our newest version of our upcoming episode list is actually already up on the website. I'll be putting it up on Twitter tomorrow. We've got some really interesting stuff coming up within the next couple of weeks, some great interviews, and we'll probably have to bring Cass back to, to talk about some more stuff here in the future as well. Would you be willing to do that? I had a great time. Absolutely. It's been a pleasure. Excellent. Excellent. See, I put her on the spot so she couldn't really say no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, we will be talking to you all later. Bye-bye.